the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line with Philip Naiman. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, Vortex Optics, Vortex, the force of optics, and by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Naiman coming to you on our 4th of July show. Yes, I know. This is not the 4th of July. But this is the last show I'm going to have before the 4th of July. Henceforth, the 4th of July show. Uh, Joining me, I have an awesome guest. I'm really looking forward to this. I drug this guy off the mountain to come down here into Sad Burning Ghetto, our local studio, and uh, have this discussion. Um, Many people know him. I really enjoy him. I love fellow lightning rods. I think that uh, there's not enough of us out here. And if there were more people out here acting as lightning rods, it would be so diffused. It would be just static electricity, not mm-hmm. lightning. So, you know, we need more people standing up and taking a, taking a stand. And that's kind of what the 4th of July was all about, right? But, folks, let me introduce to you James Patrick Riley. He is the owner of Riley's Farms up there in Oak Glen. James, how are you doing today? Good, good. Great to be here. Do you always go with your middle name in there? Because that's usually like a trademark of serial killers. Yeah. Well, I, what happened was when we produced a television show a few years ago, and you go on to IMDb, if you're Jim Riley, you're Jim Riley 97, basically. So I was James Patrick Riley, so that, you know, little... <laughs> okay. So the serial killer notwithstanding, right, you can just right, call right, you James right, Riley. Right, 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 right. Uh, tell us a little bit about your, uh, your, uh, about the Riley's Farms, what you do up there. Well, we uh, we have a 760-acre farm. It's actually a working apple, pear, strawberry, pumpkin farm, um, mostly uh, you pick and orientation. Uh, we raise all of our crops for our customers to come and pick. We're picking strawberries right now. and uh, Because of the elevation, it's a little later than the regular strawberry season, right? Right, and this year was very, very cold, so almost everything's late. The apples are going to be late. The pears will be late and blackberries and so forth, but... Had a very rainy year, which was good for the crops. But we, but we have, uh, uh, we raise a lot of fruit, uh, pumpkins, strawberries, blackberries, etc. And um, we also have two restaurants on the farm. And our primary business, though, is uh, living history, conducting uh, Revolutionary War and Civil War reenactments, Gold Rush reenactments for uh, kids between fourth grade and high school. And we see about eighty or ninety thousand students a year up there. Eighty to ninety thousand. Mm-hmm. So, how did you get into that? A long story. I mean, my mom was a huge. We have huge, an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my mom was a history buff and genealogy nut, and she told us about her ancestors in the Revolutionary War. I got a degree in history. Um, 
went in promptly into IT, and then uh, we moved up to the farm, and we had some Civil War reenactors approach us to conduct a battle, and one thing led to another, and that we just ended up in the living history business. And so you have schools, they bust the kids out. My kids have gone there. Actually, I went there with my, my kids. It's the first time I got to come out there. Tell us what they see. Well, when they arrive at the Revolutionary War adventure, they're harassed by redcoats, British regulars. They're um, right off the bus. Right off the bus, uh, they're they're, they're um, put in line by in, in, uh, we call them townships, but they're they're taught how to drill with the militia. They go through a Admiralty Court trial, sort of a, a mock uh, uh, sketch on the abuses of the trial process during the 18th century. Uh, they endure the Stamp Act, uh, about eight to nine dramatic uh, scenarios, and then they participate in a mock battle and then hear a speech about the sacrifices that went into creating the country that we, we now enjoy. So are you going to update it for the this century and just get it off the bus in Sacramento and be harassed by bureaucrats from the point forward? I mean, do you think there's an opportunity for you here? Well, I've always felt like, uh, you know, all we really have to do is teach history if if, if you if you model what actually occurred in the 18th century, the lessons to a, to a reasonably attentive student, parent, teacher, uh, I think are obvious uh, because history does repeat itself. Uh, it's a, well, most of the history of the world is a history of tyranny and uh, an oppression. And it's very rare. I always tell people that remember that the liberty you enjoy is a new thing. It's not, it's not an old thing. It's a very new thing. Matter of fact, 1776 was 243 years ago. I, I have to confess, I didn't do that off my head. I looked it up before we went on air. It says 243 years ago. That's it. You know, um, when was the, the next freest next freest kingdom? I mean, what would you consider? Rome wasn't exactly free. You had, although it started with the Senate, you ended up with an emperor and dictatorship that uh, liked to light people on fire to illuminate his gardens, you know, Married a horse or put a horse in this it, it, disgusting stuff that, mm -hmm. that uh, absolute power causes just the weirdest actions in the world. So this for the last 243 years, this country that we're sitting in is the only free country. I, I think, you know, I think wherever the West has gone, you know, wherever um, to it, some degree. Yeah, to some I mean. I think I always tell people: Would you would you rather live in Phoenix, Arizona, or Zaire? I mean, would you rather live in, in August? I might pick Zaire, or Geneva, Switzerland, <laughs> or, or would you rather live in um, um, North Korea? I mean, you know, the, the, there are wherever the West goes, basically Western civilization, which is now under huge siege. Um, the the notion that of unalienable rights uh, given to us by our Creator. I think that's why China is so afraid of the Bible, basically, because the Bible is really one of the most seditious documents in world history. It basically says that I am the all-infinite God, and I created you, and you have rights before your fellow men. And and, and most the kings and leaders are accountable to God. Yeah, right, right. Most dictators just can't handle that notion. Well, it, it, it's kind of, it kind of flies in the face of their job description. You know, they think they're God. They right. have the rights. You know, take a look at what's going on here. Now, folks, if you're listening online and you're on our podcast series here, realize we are broadcasting to you from the People's Republic of Occupied Calizuela. You know, this is, we put up with more stuff here. And I say we put up with it because we haven't had a, a revolution in the in the electoral box. 
the same idiots keep getting reelected and reelected, and they push us farther down this train. There aren't enough of us voting to make this this change that we need to have. But we've got huge issues here in California. Jim, you've run into a few of those, haven't you? We have. We. Um, uh, I, I'm very active politically. I, I didn't think that I could actually perform Patrick Henry and not exercise my own First Amendment rights. So I, on my own time, not in my business, I don't tyrannize any of my customers with my uh, my own contemporary political theories, but in my own time, I've been ridiculing uh, David Hogg and Stormy Daniels and Louis Farrakhan, and for that, I was called a racist, uh, homophobic, uh, uh, hate monger by very progressive elements within the public school system, and now we're actually suing uh, Claremont Unified School District for blacklisting us or leading a public boycott against Riley's Farm for something that has nothing to do with the product that we provide for them. So think about this. The activists who run many of our school districts, right? The California Teachers Association, they're they're activists in there that are in those areas. They are boycotting a company as a public agency, which... You can't do. And uh, the, the courts, even very liberal jurists, Sotomayor and several very, in fact, our federal judge now is an Obama appointee. He's ruled for us in every instance. You cannot boycott a, a private business based on the, the political expression of the owners. And I would like to say that the the CTA, the, the, the hardcore Bolsheviks that we hear about do not represent the rank and file of public school teachers. Right, they're in charge. But I would like to embolden all the sensible public school teachers out there, and there are lots of them, mm-hmm. to fight back and say... They're afraid. I talk mm-hmm. to them all the time. They're afraid of their union membership. They don't want to go against them. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Well, I, mean, I, I, I think that the upshot of our case and several others like it is that uh, a conservative, a Christian public school teacher should be able to go to their board of education and say, if you penalize me for my First Amendment expression, I will take you to the bank. I mean, you, you you will feel the financial pressure of getting sued. You cannot violate the First Amendment and call yourself a public servant. Exactly. So the other thing that you can do if you are a union member, doesn't have to be the California Teachers Association, but under Title IX of the Civil Service Code, um, maybe it's Title Seven. I don't know. I have to have Brad Dacus from the Pacific Justice Institute back on. But you can opt out of the political side of your union dues. You can have them sent to any charity you want. Hey, send them to the California Rifle and Pistol Association. That would just fry their donuts. So I think that's an awesome idea. You can do that. Don't let your union dues be paying for people like Mark Ticano, Pete Aguilar, all these people out here that are doing nothing but inhibiting your rights, not just your Second Amendment rights, your First Amendment rights, your rights to private property, which we'll run into in a little bit here. And, you know, this is your time, guys. April 19th. April 19th was the, uh, when, when the British came to try and take all the arms out of, out of Concord, you know, people stood up, people stood up. That's when our revolutionary start war started. That's when this country started and it took the people from Boston, which now is hard to think about them actually standing up for our rights, but it took the people of Boston to stand up to a huge, huge tyranny and uh, create this nation. This is Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. We'll be right back after this. A message from Vince, the owner of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo in Riverside. If you're a first-time gun owner or thinking about purchasing your first firearm, whether for hunting, home defense, or recreational shooting, 
it is important to take the next step and become a responsible gun owner. We highly recommend that you attend a certified firearm safety and training class, one that will teach you the basic knowledge, skills, and attitude essentials to the safe and efficient use of your firearm. As a law-abiding citizen, you have the right to self-defense, and with that right comes an obligation to educate yourself on the laws and safety procedures needed to use a firearm properly. For information about certified firearm training classes, call Bullseye Sport in Riverside at 951-823-0211 or check out their schedule of classes at bullseyesport.com. Because at Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo, we believe in safety first. 951-823-0211. Pull! Whether you're a gold medalist or new to the sport of shooting, you'll love Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, where Olympians shoot. Prado's shotgun facility is world-class, offering trap, skeet, and five-stand. And the pistol and rifle ranges are safe and enjoyable shooting environments with professionals there to answer all your questions. Are you an experienced pistol shooter with an itch to take your skills to the next level? Discover the sport of practical shooting at one of the monthly events. Prado hosts ISPC shooting events open to the public every first and third Sunday with Prado Running Gun Club, blending accuracy, power, and speed with challenging multiple moving targets, penalty targets, and obstacles. Prado Olympic Shooting Park is a great place to teach your whole family about the safe and effective use of firearms. Bring the whole family for an exciting day at the shooting range. Call Prado Olympic Shooting Park at 909-597-4518. Online at shootprado.com. 909-597-4518. AM 590. The answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside and the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. Hey, folks, every week on the Firing Line Radio Show, our conversation is going to revolve around firearms, hunting, gun rights that are afforded to all Americans under the Second Amendment of the Constitution. And our faithful and stalwart companion in the battle to uphold these rights has been Firing Line Radio Show's longtime sponsor, Vince Torres, at Bullseye Sports, Guns, and Ammo in Riverside. If you're not armed for protection or recreation, then Bullseye Sport in Riverside is where you need to go for handguns, rifles, shotguns, ammos, accessories, and much more. This is your last day to go to Bullseye Sport to stock up on ammunition before July 1st, when the full effects of AB63 kick in. That's right, folks. Take advantage of some great deals by placing your prepaid order on great brands like Magtech, Cellular and Bellow, Federal, Winchester. For more information, call the store, 951-823-0211. That's 951-823-0211. Check out their website, BullseyeSport.com. That's Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo on Brockton between Arlington and Central and Riverside. Bullseye Sport, where the Inland Empire gets their guns and ammo. That's right, folks. This is it. Prop 63, or AB 63, uh, goes into a Effect tomorrow or Sunday. I'm sorry, Monday. Everybody's closed on Sunday. So basically, Saturday today is it. This is your last chance to buy ammunition without going through the DOJ's ridiculous affairs. And, and by the way, they just came out and said that you need to have a real California ID in order to buy ammunition. So they just did that about a week and a half ago. This bill has been passed two years ago. They just dropped that on us a week and a half ago. How long does it take to get a real California ID? It's at least a three-month wait just to get your appointment at DOJ or DMV. Same thing. Great. Well done. (laughs) Jim, 
Uh, folks, my guest here, James Patrick Riley, the owner of Riley's Farms up there in the beautiful Oak Glen. It's a wonderful history reenactment, private farm, restaurant, great place for weddings. What else do you do there? Well, we, uh, we have a restaurant. We have a, a great uh, collection of uh, ale, cider, wine. Um, we do uh, live music on Saturdays. Uh, the my problem boys with those, the collection in- of ale is it always seems to get smaller all the time. I don't know. It just doesn't stay at the same level. The ale seems to come down a bit. I don't know. Is that true? Oh, I don't know. It seems like uh, Must be even the wines are getting more fortified. We're, we're selling, I, I think there's some wines now that are 16% alcohol. I mean, it seems like the what the, the small liquor is actually going up in terms of boost these days but that's talking about the volume so oh. like we had all this ale i don't know what happened to it geez now there's about half of that <laughs> everybody's happier though <laughs> so it's a great place a beautiful place if you haven't been to oakland especially in the summertime all right oakland is neat it's you're gonna take 12 to 15 degrees off of southern california's temperatures when you just drive up the hill it's an amazing place um so anyway, it's, it's if it's 100, 110 degrees in, in Redlands, it's about 92 in Oak Glen. So it's a perfect temperature. Head on up the hill any day you want and check out Riley's Farms. We're going to talk a little bit about this section, about the 18th century. What Americans, which were actually uh, British citizens, which is interesting. This came out, this point came out that why was Paul Revere riding down the street yelling the the British are coming. The British are coming when when they were all British. <laughs> well, I think I think the actual the actual um, word what he the warning was the regulars are out. The regulars are out. The regular troops or the ministerial troops. The British are coming. Um, I I I think it's a bit of a debate. That's about that, poem, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. right. But um, it was um, uh, an obligation of everyone. Uh, every male between sixteen and sixty or sixteen and fifty, depending on the statute. That you trained with the militia eight times a year. This is called the Militia Act. The Militia Act. Uh, in fact, the, the one I'm familiar with, uh, the 1759 Militia Act of New Hampshire, required you to have your own weapon. You bought your own weapon at your own expense. You had to um, make sure it was um, ready for operation. And you were fined if you didn't show up to train with the militia eight times a year. Um, and that was based uh, in necessity. They, these were people who carved small townships out of the wilderness of New Hampshire and Vermont and uh, basically had to defend themselves against uh, French and Indian invaders and had a century of war that they had been confronting. And they were also part of their own local constabulary, basically their own police force. Now, this goes back even further along the English law. Mm-hmm. Where I think it was in 1230 or something, every man was required to own a longbow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at England now. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the land of Excalibur, mm-hmm. they're making laws where you can't own a knife. Yeah, I, 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 I thought about it a lot. I don't know if it's the era of expertise where no one's allowed to do their own plumbing anymore or their own painting or their, I mean, it's a, even pastors are not allowed to counsel anymore. Um, I think, I think what happens sometimes is that with respect to self-defense and enforcing the law, we've moved away from a tradition where that was everyone's obligation. I was watching a, you a bullying uh, video the other day and this, this, uh, high school girl just clocked a, a friend just started wailing on her and everyone stood around and watched 
It was no. They didn't stand around and watch. They grabbed their phones <laughs> and recorded it. Right, 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 right. No one stepped in to protect her, and and I think it's because we've all been told you allow the experts to defend you, and 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 that's how you get killed. Well, we've talked about this a lot on this on this phone or on this phone, on this radio program. You, the victim, are the first responder. Cops aren't. Mm-hmm. They're not the first. They're maybe the first public assistance or public servant responder, but you as the victim, you are there. You are the first responder. A witness is the second, right? That's right. that's where people have to stand up and put it in their own hands and take care of things. But the, the Militia Act of 1759, everybody was required to own a firearm, be proficient with it, and come at a keep it maintained come at a a a short notice to do what to defend yourselves against the french the indians wait wait indians (laughs) killed people Uh, or what thomas jefferson called the uh, uh, savage savages basically i mean the the, uh, whose known method of warfare is unsparing he he was a democrat he used that term (laughs) oh shame well, I mean, and the interest—I find it interesting that that uh, the demonization of uh, firearms and gunpowder uh, uh, in our current age was so foreign to them. I mean, if you get went to a 1776 newspaper in any city in uh, New England or the Middle Colonies, there was a recipe for black powder: how to make gunpowder. Basically, they were encouraging as many people to make gunpowder as possible. You could buy cannon. You could buy artillery. I mean, uh, the, this notion that that uh, there's professional firearms and there's citizens' firearms is not uh, a historic notion at all. No, it's not. Um, everyone, everyone was required and encouraged to get as much firepower as they could because they believed in their own collective power for defending themselves and individual power. But there was a different time frame, meaning that people self-regulated. Mm-hmm. All right. We talk about gun ownership in the United States. There's 315 million people in the United States. There's 350 million firearms in the United States, right? If firearms were the problem, we would know it, right? We'd look like Beirut. Mm -hmm. But it's not. We, as citizens, and as people who have an absolute good and evil values in our lives, those of us who self-regulate, we are the reason crime is not rampant. Those of us who have, uh, con- con- we put ourselves under the law. Crime, crime is a is a huge industry now. In other words, um, if you're accused of a capital crime, you go through a capital trial. Uh, there are going to be caseworkers, nurses, wardens, jailers. Every new member of the prison population is a new unit in their industry. Basically, in the 18th century, the 19th century. If there was a there's a rape in 1773, ten thousand people came out to see the hanging. But the hardware the store made ten bucks uh-huh. on the rope. I'm sorry, I missed that. Well, the 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 economic incentive uh, at that time was the hardware store made ten dollars selling a piece right. of rope. Right, right, That's and it. and. and the, I, I still maintain that a deterrent value of actually seeing, publicly seeing an execution is very powerful. We, we, we simply do not punish criminals. We should have public canings. I mean, look what happened in the 1990s with that stupid kid in Singapore, right? The president of the United States got involved that he wouldn't get spanked overseas for graffitiing. Man, we should have instituted that in Southern California. It would have been amazing. You would have turned a lot of people around. Yeah, well, the connection between using a firearm the wrong way murdering someone was very clear at that point it's not clear anymore and i think that's that's one of the reasons why we don't have self-control 
Oh, I think I think it's a little deeper than that. I mean, I have Christian personal views, mm. but people don't have an absolute in their life. Everything is a shade of gray. And when you can argue that, if the state gives you your rights, if truth is not truth, if truth is on a variable scale, then you can get away with anything. And, you know, 150 million dead people in the last century kind of tell us what happens when the state tells us what our rights are, what's true, what's not. Millions of people die. So it's important that we stand up for what we believe in and do the right thing. Folks, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. Check out our podcast at FiringLineRadio.com. We'll be right back after this. Are you an expert marksman looking for a clean, safe place to shoot? Or maybe you've never shot a gun but want to learn? Well, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range is the best place to work on your shooting skills, no matter what your experience level is. With 21,000 square feet of indoor range space, 35 shooting lanes, and an electronic target retrieval system, it means no line breaks and more trigger time. The friendly people at Riverside Indoor Shooting Range can answer all your questions about firearms training, self-defense training, firearm rentals, gunsmithing, archery, and more. And for the ladies, the Riverside chapter of The Well-Armed Woman meets there the second Tuesday of each month for women of all experience levels. Looking for a great holiday gift for the shooting enthusiast in your life? During the month of December, get 10% off a full year's membership or 10% off any gift certificate of $40 or more. Riverside Indoor Shooting Range. For directions and info, log on to RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. That's RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. AM590. The answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by CCW Safe by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. Spartans, lay down your weapons. Persians, come and get them. We have done everything that could be done to avert the storm that is rising before us. We have petitioned. We have remonstrated. We have supplicated. Our petitions have been ignored. Our remonstrances have produced additional violence and insult, and we have been spurned with contempt at the feet of the throne. There is no longer any room for hope. If we, if we mean to be free, if we mean to preserve and violate those inestimable privileges for which we have so long been contending, we must fight. I repeat it, sir. We must fight and appeal to arms and to the God of hosts is all that is left to us. They tell us we are weak, unable to cope with so formidable an enemy. But when shall we be stronger? Shall it be next week or next year? Shall it be when we are totally disarmed and a British guard is in every home? Shall, shall we acquire the effectual means of resistance by lying supinely on our backs and clinging to the phantom of hope until we are bound? Hand and foot? We are not weak. If we make an effectual use of those means which the God of nature has placed in our power, three millions of people, armed in the holy cause of liberty and possessing a country as that which we possess, we are invincible against any force the enemy shall send against us. Besides, we shall not fight our battles alone. There is a just God who presides over the destiny of nations, and he shall raise up friends to fight our battles for us. Besides, we have no election. Were we base enough to choose it? There is no retreat but in submission and slavery. 
Our chains are already forged. Their, their clanking may be heard on the plains of Boston. It is in vain to extenuate the matter. Gentlemen cry, peace, peace. But there is no peace. The next gale that sweeps down from the north will bring to our ears the clash of resounding arms. Our brethren already in the field. Why stand we here idle? What is it the gentlemen wish? What would they have? Is life so dear? Or peace is so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, Almighty God, I know not what course others may take. But as for me, give me liberties, or give me death. Folks, that was Patrick Henry. Patrick Henry done by... James Patrick, I, I'm sitting here with goosebumps. Hmm. I, I saw the emotion. I, I filmed that for. I'll put it up on our podcast, guys. I saw your emotion. You can't. You can't go through that without bringing that up. That's not acting. That's that's passion. That's that's patriotism. I, I feel blessed to be able to share that with you. Not from my, not from my talents, but from uh, James Patrick Riley, and that's why you need to go up there and see them. Jim. Well, it's, it's, um, I always tell my wife, you know, I mean, um, uh, it's, I, I, if you've ever, um, been involved in acting or any kind of performance, sometimes the, it's the, the best part of your day is getting to say one true thing, you know, and I get to give that speech. I've given it probably a thousand times, whatever, but it's like, for me, it's almost, uh, I don't mean it would be sacrilegious, but it's almost kind of a sacrament for me. It's like I feel like I get to say something. It's cathartic. People, yeah, that people need to hear is that we hear so much clutter in our lives, and every and every once in a while, someone in history pierces the clutter and says, you know, what what needs to be said, and that's what he did. Uh, at a very difficult time in his life, his wife uh, uh, was basically uh, uh, almost committed. She she was suffering from profound insanity and um he was uh you know his law practice was suffering because he was spending so much time for the public good and he basically said hey bring it on you know just kill me i i will not live as a slave and and i think it was a very galvanizing moment our chains are already forged Mm -hmm. our chains are already forged Mm, yeah yeah he was um he was a very interesting guy in that um he was bo- born fairly poor, uh, and uh, he died with, um, he had 17 children, and I believe... No I, wonder his wife was crazy. <laughs> well, his first wife died, he married again, he had 17 children, and he had something like 17,000 acres, I believe it was, uh, uh, from having started with nothing. One of the most popular governors in American history, I believe, elected five times uh, to the Virginia governorship. Not a real favorite of Thomas Jefferson, apparently. Uh, Thomas Jefferson thought that Patrick was a little bit too coarse. Well, he, uh, uh, Thomas hung out in France a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A little, but, uh, little gentrified. But uh, it was just a, a tremendously popular, uh, popular character in Virginia history and American history. He was just apparently had the ability when he walked into a room and when he began orating or arguing, 
he had a common touch, uh, but uh, he was just he was he was revered. So let's talk about some of the other people from that era. And these are folks. We're in this country right now because these men lived. They died. They gave their lives. They gave their treasure, their honor in pursuit of this. We are here as a free nation. And and shame on those people who don't even register to vote that call themselves gun owners. Listen to what happened. How were how did we get here? Now, not only did we get here, but then we're not even taking it seriously enough. We're just saying, why should I worry about California? I'm just going to move to Arizona. There's no escaping. This is one country. It will follow you. Can't you know? Elizabeth Warren is from Massachusetts. Well, she's running for governor. Bernie Sanders, Joe mm-hmm. Biden, mm-hmm. all those knucklehead liberals are from different radical states, but they're trying to run our country. So you would need to realize. We are in this all the way through. You cannot run from it. You've got to vote. Vote early. Vote often. (laughs) Something I picked up from the Democrats. (laughs) Vote vote early. Vote often. And vote everywhere. That's their other new mantra. Um, But it's important that we get up there and we fight. Let's talk about some of the other guys. Or did you have something more to say about him? Oh, well, I I think that the the common theme, I mean, John Adams um, uh, said that he was well aware of the fact that most of the succeeding generations in America would never know the kind of sacrifices they had to make in order to give us a country. Because the common wisdom, any any small businessman today will be advised by their CPA, by their public relations firm, by, by anyone who's professionally advising them, keep your head down, don't offer political opinions, right. don't divide your audience. Uh, and and the very people, small businessmen who who employ eighty percent of America, the very people who probably have a perspective that needs to be heard, okay, are told to be quiet. You know, this poor old guy Dan Coffey or whatever who owns Chick Fil A basically just offers one personal opinion, and uh, his entire uh, business is vilified. You know, mm-hmm. but but you know also patronized. So I I'd like to encourage conservative business people. To be active, to be to, to be vocal and and, and visible and, and visible, and you know when you're at uh, Thanksgiving dinner and and the green-haired sophomore comes home from college and uh, you're told by your wife not to upset them and and to indulge the the most recent crap that comes down from the academy, it's time to have a little bit of a fight in each of these families. We have to begin training people um, in the the timeless truths that have actually made America great because. What we're hearing now, intersectionality, uh, critical race theory, uh, all, uh, you know, gender fluidity, this is all a bunch of nonsense yeah. that, that will not sustain a culture. And it's got to be... It's not gotta, to mention it'd be terrible to get a major in. <laughs> well, it's got it's, it's got to be fairly humiliated as, as, as a bad idea. And our, our side, unfortunately, is silent. Ridicule and satire are great tools. Now... I actually, my, my company, Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management, okay, mm-hmm. it's out there. Mm-hmm. I put that on the label. I've been told by other people, you shouldn't do that. You're going to have, and it's like, you know what? This is the way I am. People right. need to know who I am. And if they like it, great. If not, why am I going to make money for somebody who's going to give it to causes I hate, yeah. right? So yeah. so we're on the wrong Well, board. we know what Jesus says about those who are embarrassed about him. I mean, you know, so. Yeah, it doesn't go well. Yeah. Folks, this is Philip Name at Firing Line Radio Show. I'm here with James Patrick Riley, owner of Riley's Farms. What's your website up there? Riley'sFarm.com, R-I-L-E-Y-S-F-A-R-M.com. You've got a great restaurant, tavern, 
They do have a tavern with apparently some really high-powered wine, too, we're just hearing about. Uh, fruits, uh, historical tours, check them out. They are closed on Sunday. Yes, so so, but they're there on Saturday. We're going to come right back to talk more about the Revolutionary War and why you should be celebrating your tails off this 4th of July. Philip Naiman, FranklinRadio.com. If you carry a concealed weapon and own a concealed carry permit, you need protection beyond the weapon. My name is Larry Vickers, and I am a retired veteran of U.S. Special Operations, and I now teach law enforcement, civilians, and members of our military in advanced firearm training. I train people to use their firearms in almost any situation, but I can't prepare them for what happens if they are forced to use a gun to save their lives. That's why I use CCW Safe. They offer membership plans for concealed carry permit holders, and if members are involved in a use of force incident, CCW Safe provides expert witnesses, investigators, and the best defense attorneys in the U.S. Yearly plans range from $99 for a single membership to $150 for a dual membership, and special plans are available for law enforcement and military. Members are required to have a valid concealed carry permit and must maintain their permit. Visit ccwsafe.com today. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Conan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentation of your women. That is good. That is good. You know what else is good? the 4th of July and celebrations. Folks, I want you to join me out there. We're going to be at Redlands University for the 4th of July show. They have a fantastic show out there. Actually, if you go attend this year, you're going to hear Mary Naiman, my wife, singing the national anthem. So I would just go for that. As a matter of fact, I am just going for that. Fireworks, uh, parachutists, airplane flyovers, demonstrations. It's going to be a great day. So check that out. Redlands, 4th of July, University of Redlands. It's a great show um, put on to you by all local folks who just work their tail ends off putting the show together. So it's awesome. Joining me back on the show, I have James Riley. James Riley, owner of Riley's Farms, rileysfarms.com is where you want to go for more information. They got restaurants, taverns, um, organic farms, you can go pick your own fruit. Matter of fact, I was able to do some hiking in the area. I saw your strawberry fields. They're looking amazing. Yeah, yeah they look, they've been, we're, we plant new strawberries every year. We have some nice new varieties this year. They, um, and it's been cool. So we've had uh, as little as two minutes per pint picking time. So there's a lot of them up there right now. So. You have, it, yeah. you have that monitor. And yeah. also pumpkins, you know, those people who like pumpkins, well, you know, you can go down and have pumpkins by the freeway, or you can go to a pumpkin patch up in the mountains, which is absolutely spectacular. Get the views, get the weather, see the, the trees changing color. Again, that's going to be at RileyFarms.com. Uh, the last section that I have you here with, I, I want you to talk a little bit about one of our other historical heroes, my personal favorite, which was Sam Adams. Just give us a little rundown of this man, the uh, the big rabble rouser, kind of like you a little bit. Oh, it's, I'm, I'm honored. I mean, Sam Sam is a cousin, actually. His great grandfather, James Streeter, is my seventh or eighth great grandfather. So we, uh, I've always had an affinity for the Adams cousins. Sam uh, inherited a, a malting business, which is uh, you know you make beer, you malt grain, basically, and. He basically, uh, his father was involved in the land bank, um, uh, call it scheme, but it was actually a, an honorable way 
to to create currency in the in New England basically. And so that land bank got shut down by the crown effectively. No one wanted to uh infringe upon the crown's ability to control currency and so Sam had a uh, an abiding um hatred, a, a hatred yeah for a, a royal authority exercised capriciously basically. And he spent Four nights a week, uh, um, basically going to different public houses in Boston, uh, North End Caucus, South End Caucus. Uh, he he would basically drink and and organize with um, fellow patriots. Basically, he was um, also a good singer apparently, and he organized choral singing societies. And he'd use the singing parties as as excuses to talk about uh, organizing. Um, he was called the father of the American Revolution. Uh, with reason, because he was tirelessly uh, Everywhere. dedicated to it, so much so that he, he he allowed his business to degrade. The Sons of Liberty in Boston had to buy him a suit to go to the Continental Congress. He was uh, basically threadbare as a result of his activism. He he believed in it profoundly. He he wanted what he called a Christian Sparta. Basically, he liked the classical image of the Spartan armed, disciplined society, uh, modified by the uh, restraining influence of Christianity, basically. And um, he was, uh, he was quite, a, quite a, a worthy character to, be, to have as your hero. So this is so interesting. If you haven't been to Boston, go to Boston just for the historical aspect. And you need to understand what happened in this little city. Because Boston is it's kind of a peninsula, almost an island, just the way it's it's designed. There's one land bridge in, one land bridge out. And this place was barricaded, um, blockaded mm -hmm. by the British, starved out during the war. They tried to kill everybody in Boston by letting them starve and, and eat their horses and everything else. And these guys were sneaking across the bay, coming back and forth. It's unbelievable what they were able to do. Well, the ominous thing, too, is that that, that barricaded island, basically, within about 24 hours of Lexington Concord, was surrounded by ten to 20,000 New England militia. I mean, the militia gathered from all over, Connecticut, New Hampshire, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, Rhode Island, basically, and, and they surrounded Boston. And uh, so the British really were, even though they were very, very hard on the patriots that resided in Boston, they were being starved out themselves. I mean, in fact, uh, British troops were burning furniture in homes. A, in ring, a ring within a, within a ring. Right, right, right. Right. And so that's what's happened. So on April 19th, the shot heard around the world, Concord and Lexington, the British gave the orders to go and to take all the arms that were stored, um, which is why you don't put all of your guns at the gun club or wherever the, they tell you to put them. They were stored there and the citizens heard about it, ran ahead. And when the Redcoats showed up to take them, what happened? Well, the the, uh, the the New England militia really was a very well organized militia. I mean, it was not like we think of ad hoc militias today. Basically, these were not fat guys in camo. No, the, the, these the, these uh, if you had a, a rank in the militia, sergeant, lieutenant, captain, that was a fairly high, big deal in the 18th century, and and they were used to being called out. Uh, they were well trained. 
And wh- but they were just citizens. They they weren't right. national guardsmen. Right. Right. They were citizens. The militia was the citizens. Absolutely citizens. And uh, but the the general Heath actually was in command of the New England militia that day. They had uh, you know it was volunteer, but a military structure, and they they knew how to follow orders. They they were also a very democratic army. In fact, in Concord. They debated what to do. They debated, you know, are, are we going to let them burn our church? You know, some of the younger guys were saying, "No, we gotta, we've got to fire back, basically." And and so, it wasn't quite like the modern day Marine Corps, where following order, following order, following order. I mean, there was there was a, a fair amount of um, thinking going thinking on. going on, you know, and um, and they were very effective. And the, these guys, uh, when Burgoyne came a couple years later, and he bragged about being able to go down through. Um, Canada and destroy New England, basically. He was up against guys. Um, can you imagine? I mean, a 19 year old kid with 200 acres of old growth forest that he cleared on his own, okay, over two years or whatever. These guys were really tough. I mean, and, and the British did not last against uh, those new, the backwoods New England boys, basically. They were a very, very formidable army to be up against. And that's why. They came to such uh, an ugly outcome at. Um, uh, I'm, I'm losing it now. Saratoga, I think it was. Uh, but um, but yeah, they were they were a very very well trained for a volunteer army. You know, I liked what uh, Sam Adams said: the Christian Sparta, because we could wear pants. <laughs> so I think. <laughs> that, yeah, I think yeah. that's an important part of being in a in a group like that. Um, so this happened. This is not what's taught in school these days, right? We're seeing a new war, a war on our own history. Well, fortunately, Riley's Farm, we still get to teach it, and, and teachers, by and large, the, the vast majority of them enjoy seeing it, allowing kids to see it. We we hear story after story about kids who get interested in history because they saw it at our farm. It's real to them. It's finally. real, very real. But across the country... You're having, uh, you know, Washington murals painted over. You're having uh, uh, Jefferson removed from Democratic Party fundraiser events, the very name of Jefferson, apparently. And the really sad thing about that is that in any age, you cannot judge people by the standards of your own. Your, you know, if it, for example, I think in 100 years, I actually do believe abortion will come to an end in America, and it will be seen as even worse than slavery. Uh, so if you're, if you're going to judge every contemporary politician by their current stand on abortion, you know they they will be allowed no virtue whatsoever based on their on their their bad record on abortion. So I think I think that the, the reality is that slavery existed in the 18th century across the whole globe. You know it was it was a, an ugly reality. They knew that it had to come to an end, and it did come to an end. And hundreds of thousands of men lost their lives bringing it to an end. It, we do a huge disservice to those people on both sides of that battle when we vilify them and we don't pay honor to the sacrifice of the blood that they paid. Well, that's important, but I do believe in reparations, all right? <laughs> no, I'm I'm dead serious. I think that all the Democrats should pay rem- reparations for what their party did to the black people in America. The Democrats that enslaved them, it was the Democratic Party. So the yeah. Democratic Party should pay reparations for the Republicans who paid in blood. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> they won't do it. Why? Yeah, because yeah. they never they never spend their own money. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. That's exactly right. Folks, I want to thank my special guest, James Patrick Riley. He does have a middle name, but he's not a serial murderer. James Patrick <laughs> Riley, Riley's Farms. 
<laughs> Sorry about that. Check them out. Go on up to Oak Glen. Uh, if you're heading uh, from Southern California, head up straight up Beaumont Boulevard. It's on your right-hand side at the top of the hill. If you're coming from the other side off of Highway 38, you uh, go over the top and then back down to uh, Riley's Farm. So check it out. It's a great place, Riley'sFarms.com. Bring your kids. Get on the website. See what events are going on there. Have lunch at the Hawk's Head. Um, have, a, have an ale if you must. Right? Last That's words? right. That's right. Thanks for having me on. It's Patrick Henry. Want to say goodbye? Uh, give me liberty or give me death. All right. God bless, guys. Shoot, Felipe. Shoot. When you have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside. The Riverside Indoor Shooting Range. CCW Safe. Cutting Edge Bullets, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, Vortex Optics, Vortex, the force of optics, and by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.